Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Hi, I'm Jackie Cation, and you're listening to The Dork Forest. You've done it. You've chosen wisely. Uh, the website's JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. Uh, JackieCation.com has everything, right? This podcast uh, links to my other podcast, links to my calendar for when stand-up comedy happens again, uh, links to the merch if you want a Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirt. If you want any of my stand-up uh, merchandise, there's a bunch of new merch over there. There's uh, the old pins. There's new. There's a new challenge coin. There's a bunch of t-shirts. There's CDs. There's my DVD. And uh, there's some video. And there's more of the information that you could deal with. Also, so that's on the that's on JackieCation.com. And there's a link on, of course, dorkforest.com to the merch page. Uh, the other thing you could do is you go to iTunes and review the show. That's always something that's supposed to help. Hi. You might be listening to the show on Pandora or Spotify or Amazon or Stitcher or some other place. Anyway, you might be just listening to it at dorkforest.com, which will also have the videos. As long as we're in COVID, as long as we're in quarantine, I am doing Zoom. I'm doing this show as also a video show. So you can go to the YouTube page and get a bunch of that. That also has a bunch of my stand-up clips on it as well. Let's do the credits. Hey, Mike Rickberg wrote and composed that song that you just heard, and he sang it with his wife, Sarah. He will sing at the end of the program uh, his words to the Mexican hat dance. Very glamorous. Uh, Patrick Brady fixes the audio, the video. He does everything, and he really kind of keeps me sane. Loving Patrick uh, Brady, especially uh, in these days. And then uh, Vilmos uh, keeps uh, JackieCation.com rocking and rolling, as the kids say. There are several ways to support the show. I've already mentioned reviewing the show on iTunes. Uh, you could also you could also just tell people that you love the show. That's always something. You could repost it if it's a particular episode you enjoy. You could join the Ranger page on Facebook if you like. That's just a bunch of people who love the show, and they can riff on each other and, and, and talk about the show and dorky things that they love themselves. My Twitter, Instagram, and all things Snapchat at Jackie Cation. If you ever want to get in touch with me, it's Jackie at JackieCation.com. That's my email address. And uh, if you want to donate, you can just give me money, quite honestly. You can PayPal me, Jackie at JackieCation.com, or use the button on JackieCation.com or DorkForest.com, and it comes directly to me. I will use it, in this case, enormously wisely on things like shelter and food uh, until I'm on the road again. And then, uh, and I appreciate whatever you could send. If you want to make it monthly, if you do monthly things, you can make the PayPal thing monthly. You can also, if you don't like PayPal, you could pay me by Venmo. My Venmo is just my name, Jackie hyphen Cation, and then a picture of me windswept, I believe. Uh, other than that, um, yeah. Oh, Bandcamp. You, if you've run out of episodes to watch and would like more, there are live episodes on banddorkforest.bandcamp.com. And there's uh, a bunch of episodes. There's 200 episodes before I started pre-recording. The best 17 of the horrible audio that they were are on Bandcamp. So you can listen to those for free. There's a bunch of uh, live ones that are like two bucks a piece because they cost me some money to produce. So I charge you a couple of bucks. There's also a storytelling album if you like that. So much info. Let's get into the show. Hi, Jackie Cation. How the hell are you? It's uh, it's I'm here in the Dork Forest. Guess who's back to tell us possibly another snippet into the Revolutionary War? Gary Peterson, welcome back to the program. It is a pleasure to return. Thank you, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Peterson is a great comic, and he has a new album out. Uh, and we don't know when this will drop. I think uh, probably months after that his album dropped. But uh, it's called Yellow Belt Confidence, which is a great name. A great name, my friends. And uh, Gary Peterson, Yellow Belt Confidence. Find it where you find your stand-up comedy records and listen up. Feel free to buy it. Comedy Gary P is your Instagram and Twitter and all that. The word comedy. The name Gary, the letter P, correct? Yes. Sweet. Okay. Welcome back to the program. 
When we left, let's do a small recap in Dungeons and Dragons fashion. When we last uh, left our intrepid adventurers, mm-hmm. we were discussing the Revolutionary War, and I think Lexington and Concord had just happened. What is the date of Lexington and Concord? That would be um, mid-April of 1775. Uh, Quite some time ago, you guys. What happened in May? Uh, May is a bit of a month. Uh, we said a big month, May. I, I think it's it's kind of this shock of everybody getting the news, everybody understanding that kind of this tremendous, for lack of a better term, fuck up has happened. And now what are we going to do? Is it going to be an isolated incident? Can we make amends? Um, they don't want us to have guns anymore. And they have soldiers oh. trying to seize arm armories. That's why Lexington and Concord happened. And okay. the what would be called become the Americans or the colonials, but at this point the rebels are mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. no, we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna disarm ourselves because yeah. so clearly every time you make up a new law or a new, uh, uh, you know, thing to punish us, you enforce it with an iron fist, you know. Right, right. Quartering soldiers in homes, impressment in the military and Navy, uh, all these different practices that are super terrible. (laughs) They seem pejorative. So they're, so they're essentially, they're, they're taking, um, what they think are, colonial citizens of the empire and impressing them and putting them in the Navy and the army or whatever they want to do yeah. um, to, to sort of take the teeth out of the revolution yeah. of the revolutionary war. Exactly. Is it working? No, does it? <laughs> no, it did. Well, we know hindsight, it did not work, but are, how many people are they grabbing? Well, they were, they were grabbing anyone they could. Uh, they were trying to round up rebels, but they're outnumbered. They're awaiting reinforcements. Their supplies are dwindling. And now, you know, violence has broken out in a way that's like, could this violence spread? We have to crush it. And the center of it all is coming from Boston, whether, you know, they, they want to admit that or not. Because Lexington and Concord, the armories were way out of the city, but all the leaders and the symbolism of the town is all right there. Right. So... What they need to do is they get they they decide why don't we get our worst generals together <laughs> and crush this revolution <laughs> together. Uh, how how many British troops are in the are, are in New England at this time? I think a, do you know approximately ten thousand. Okay. And militia, you know, you've only got sixty seven at Lexington, and then you've got thousands more at Concord that show up because the surrounding towns and, 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 you know, ragtag groups. And it becomes this turkey shoot back to Boston for the, the British military on the retreat, which is so unheard of and insane that just a bunch of people who were not in the military just kicked the greatest military's ass in the world. Wow. So there's some planning to be done. <laughs> On the British side. Exactly. Or on both sides. Okay. You got William Howe, uh, who is, uh, you know, I, I'd say worse generals. They weren't the best, but they were pretty smart. You have Clinton, you have Thomas Gage, Henry Clinton, uh, William Howe, Thomas Gage, and gentleman John Burgoyne, who's uh, one of my favorite villains in history because he's so weird. Uh, and his name is Gentleman John. Gentleman John. Who named <laughs> Who on earth is Gentleman John Burgoyne? Is he a British? Mm-hmm. Officer? Is that his jam? Yes. He's a British officer slash aspiring playwright, and he <laughs> decides during the siege. Uh, uh, we, we'll get into this. Uh, I want to keep it in the timeline, but his pl- oh, his playwriting comes up <laughs> in a very oh fun my God. way. Uh, that is outstanding. All right. So Gentleman John. You've got these pretty smart guys. They're listening to Lieutenant Thomas Gage, and they realize the vulnerability of Boston because of geography is that it's an island, and okay, they are surrounded if the you know militias can organize. Uh, so what they need to start doing is securing the harbor at certain islands around Boston um, and securing high points because supplies can't come in if you've got a high point you know gun aimed right at it even though it can't reach <laughs> all the guns can't reach oh, really? the boats no 
But but it, it's just intimidating enough that people are like, we're not coming in. Yeah. Say if the island, oh, interesting. If the island is far off from Boston and your reinforcements are coming in, but that island could send troops away to attack the ship and destroy everything you've been waiting for for a year or capture it and use it, you're screwed. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. In a harbor that is very tricky to navigate. So the first thing that happens in May that's really kind of like brushed on the rug is the Battle of Hog Island. This is pre-Bunker Hill. Uh, okay, two Gs? Two, Hog Island? Two Gs. Hog Island and Noodle <laughs> Island. <laughs> who, who gets to name islands? What's happening? How, what's happened? <laughs> it was, uh, I, I think it is uh, like John Smith naming some of the islands, but some of these maps, it's hard to say who has yeah. what. But the Snake Island looks like a snake. Noodle Island uh, was owned by a man named Noodle. Um, right, because there weren't a lot of noodles. I mean, it wasn't like Asian, the, the spaghetti and, and the Italian and the Asian noodle had really, I mean, it's, I, I, I know there used to be an open mic over at the uh, the Chinese food restaurant over off of Harvard Square, but it would come much later. <laughs> it would come much later. The, yes, the noodle, noodle community Island. settled in Boston in the 1860s. <laughs> um, this is uh, uh, Hog Island livestock. Noodle Island. Okay. Hey, uh, you've got okay. Grape Island near Weymouth, where I grew up, is one of these islands that's just. It's kind of out of the way, but it could keep in, you know, if invasions came from the south, you could have a little spot there. So when you think of Boston, you don't think of 34 different islands to manage. Most people don't even know that they have one island. No, no, I didn't. I knew that there was an island of garbage in in the harbor. <laughs> uh, I heard about that one time. Spectacle Island, yeah. which was a colonial <laughs> Vegas until it was shut down by the Puritans. Oh. <laughs> I swear to God. Oh, good Lord. It used to be a party, a party island. Uh, Ed, meaning that you could dance with a woman you weren't married to, Jackie. <laughs> uh, well, slow your roll, <laughs> non-Puritans. We're going to shut that down. Um, it was uh, it was not going well in the securing of Boston Harbor because you've got these generals trying to strategically send out points to get secured, and whoever they're sending out is not completing the mission. Um, like I said, it's a tricky harbor to navigate. Hog Island, Noodle Island, uh, a boat of theirs, a very good boat for the British Empire, gets run ashore <laughs> because of low tide <laughs> and poor navigation. And they just oh, they swim up to it and they, blow it up. And <laughs> now you've lost. They lose it. Yeah. They lose a decent boat. Yes. They didn't get supplies. They didn't secure the island. And they just lost a ship. In a, in a, in a oh basically gosh. like a water, uh, we're, we're in a, a water-based war right now. And it's the one that they could win. Uh, we, right. It's the one that they're good at. Yes. That's, that they're known for. You, yeah. you would see them express that in the War of 1812. Uh, that's how they won a lot of the war. It was like, let's just do what we do. Go on go on the boats. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. There's no reason to. There's no reason to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. We're boat people. Okay, go. <laughs> so <laughs> they got ships. They screw up these little securing spots, and they decide, all right, we are sitting ducks now because we can't seem to get a handle on the high ground, and we need to make a stand uh, north of the harbor. North of Boston is Charlestown, and the shape of Charlestown is very much like a, uh, it's almost like a fist. It's called like the Boston Neck. And the idea okay. being, uh, in Charlestown, there are three hills, uh, Morton, Breeds, and Bunker Hill. Uh, the taller okay. one is Breeds. Um, okay. The taller one is Bunker, excuse me. But the Colonials reinforced Breeds because they didn't want to climb the taller hill. <laughs> It shows... Oh, yeah. classic American lazy Civil War business. All right. There's going to be a lot of those mistakes where it's like... They're fighting a war, but I feel like both sides are both going to reason with, like, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> they, they're just not taking it seriously to the degree that... The whole... Oh, this is fascinating. Yeah. Because they're, they're not taking it seriously. People are going to die. Yeah. They're not... Yeah. It's... Okay. This is, this is a, a very important thing to secure. You can right. cut them off one way completely. 
And if you get this, if, if you do this right, if you get it, and and uh, on the British side, uh, Gage and them decide, okay, we're we're going to strategize. How are we going to land there? In, uh, let's pick one of the hottest months. Let's go at the hottest time of the day and wear the brightest red uniforms that you can think of. Um, Which and what is the hottest month and day? June seventeenth, seventeen seventy five is like a 90-degree day. Oh, wow. And British soldiers don't go light. Uh, they call it like fast and ready or something. They yeah. gear up for an invasion of like another country. They bring all their gear. They pile it on their backs, and they start rowing out to Charlestown uh, at like 1 p.m. And you have to you know cross a river. That's a lot of labor. And then you're yep. going to land, and then you're going to march up a hill. So you've just done two hours of rowing in right. your heavy wool. Um, they have another disadvantage. They always love to point this out. British soldiers are in that bright red, and their yeah. gear is by a white strap that goes across here, is usually like their powder and ball, and then across here, yep. bayonets to fix, or water. So you have a okay. big white X. On a big red background. Shoot me. Yeah. Right there. It's like a, it's like a, that's why my dad was like, he didn't want to go to Vietnam because he was a medic. And he's like, there's a big uh, X on my helmet. Yeah. That's, that's exactly where they're going to shoot. <laughs> where that, where that nice uh, target is. Yeah. So they had a big X on their. Their chest. <laughs> on their chest. And if you can hit anywhere near there, you're going to do some damage. Exactly. So. As they advance to the island, and they're getting hotter, and they've got about 2,000-plus troops under William Howe, uh, they had several options on how to land this. They could have gone around the island, you know, shelled it from the front, which they were doing. Sure. They were blowing up the town. Imagine your lovely little quiet town that you're living in, your wooden home. And it's all on fire. Yeah. It's all <laughs> ablaze. They shelled. Yeah, they're just like, okay. Yeah. They shelled just a town. Yeah. They, this is where. Because. Because why not? Why not show show force? Is like. Right. And, 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 the, and you can't tell the rebels from the, you know, mm -hmm. it's women and children from the soldiers. The soldiers might be hiding in the, in the houses. Mm -hmm. It's the, it's the excuse of war forever to kill non-combatants. Yeah. Yes. It's. It is. Uh, same excuse. 240 years ago. Yeah. 250 the years ago. The ends justify the means. One of those. Yes. Are we going to win? Yes. So the town, I mean, if anybody wasn't on the rebel side before, they might have switched sides. Uh, At June 18th. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, what they could have done, and it was a risk, but they didn't do it. They could have shelled the town like they did, landed behind the hill, and trapped them between, you know, their navy and... And, and the incoming troops. The risk being somebody would have to cross from behind uh, to flank them, and they would be caught between oh. two militaries. So th they didn't want to risk it. Gage was like, just go for a head on assault. What's the worst <laughs> that could happen? They'll run. That's why they're called enlisted. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Did they lose? It's, it's a bloodbath. <laughs> it's a win. It's a bloodbath. It's a win, but it's a loss in that... Um, Colonials spent all night digging in. Uh, so they gave them extra time to fortify the hill. Um, there are all different types of people fighting up on top of the hill, but there's a badass uh, from New Hampshire. Uh, the, the motto, live free or die, comes from him, uh, John Stark. He, John Stark. It's one of these heroes that you don't hear thrown around much. He and a group of like 200 men from New Hampshire heard of Lexington and Concord, ran from New Hampshire to Boston, <laughs> and then they would switch between jumping on different shores of Charlestown to fend off a nautical landing at certain points. Just 200 guys oh, against cannons. Just running back mm -hmm. against cannons and then just sort of making their presence known in different places so the British didn't know how many there were, maybe? Or? Yes, distraction, preventing mass landing, uh, putting them in a way that they had to confront 
the 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 redoubt as they called it this dug-in fort on breed's hill um at the at the worst point for them you're basically funneling the soldiers up to a big open line where no one can hide and and they're all marching in a row like a band anyway like a marching band going up the hill yeah why not? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> why? Why? Why wouldn't you? With your with your big targets on your chests. What am I? And uh, I mean, they they look professional. That's that's what they're hoping is, you know, the ships will scare the shit out of these people. They'll run backwards. They'll surrender and all this stuff. Look at us with our bayonets right. and everything. Um, Intimidation. Exactly. So they were trying to in- intimidate. A bunch of squirrel hunters who were like, well, why don't we just shoot them from the bushes? Mm-hmm. I assume, right? Yes. Like, it's not like our guys lined up, right? No. We didn't line up and, and march at them. We're behind uh, in, like, primitive-looking foxholes, hills. Um, they've put stuff along the hill going upwards. So as the British soldiers try to climb, they aren't, like, together. It's splitting them up but putting them in front of the weapons that are, you know, waiting um, behind walls. Here's my question, Gary Peterson, Mm -hmm. uh, comedy Gary P, who has a new album out called uh, (laughs) Yellow Belt Confidence. Here's my question. So we win, I mean, spoiler alert, the the United States is created when we win the Revolutionary War. Yes. And then we start using those same techniques that the British used that they lost with Mm -hmm. and use it in our own civil war to march in blocks at each other and pew, 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 and a thousand million people die in that one. What a dumb, why wouldn't we, hey, we had an idea. It was hide behind shit and shoot them. Um, It was, So I think because of a, a strange code of war, in the the etiquette of war is you stand and you fight to do mm-hmm. things behind you know that's not to say that the the both sides don't have snipers and artillery because <laughs> there's snipers picking off soldiers that are rowing in um, there's uh, a lot of uh, immaturity on the American side it's shown yeah when they, oh they dig in all night they make a great like thing and they have this you know rough cannon that they're going to, you know, shoot at the shoulder uh, soldiers as they get closer. Uh, but they didn't make a, a hole for it. So there's just a wall <laughs> and they have a cannon. So they decide, well, why don't we just use the cannon to make the hole? <laughs> so they shoot oh their own God. wall and then shove a cannon through it. And they're like, all right, this works. Uh, it's <laughs> oh my god! A lot of craziness. Uh, there's a guy who was uh, eventually would be struck by lightning. Um, James Otis. Um, James Otis struck by lightning. Not on that day, but uh, he came up with uh, taxation without representation is tyranny. Crazy old James Otis. Okay. Uh, he then got beat in the head uh, from a tax collector years later, and had a, a, like a lead plate, most likely, or something, or brain damage. Who knows? Uh, right. And they were like, give this guy a gun. Why not? So he's there. You've got uh, uh, Joseph Warren, who's a little guy who is a big hero. He's like a hometown hero. Dr. Warren uh, is like the, everybody's friend. People love him. He's a patriot. He's outspoken. But he's not like in the way that Sam Adams is outspoken. He's very like uh, politely outspoken. So people respect and stand with him. And he's like... I may be the general, but I'm just another soldier here to fight. Um, that's wow. that's going to be why the monument is there. It's not just the battle. It's really because of him and his spirit showing up that night, invigorating people to dig in without you know food or water and saying that we can take them, we can form a plan. And the idea from William Prescott and the famous line, he doesn't invent this, uh, don't fire till you see the whites of their eyes. Okay. That he does. He didn't come up with that. He just repeated something. It's like this is a great idea. Let's wait until they're close enough. Yeah. That you're gonna see them. It's it's in like 16th century Scottish warfare. It's in the English book. It's it's in a lot of texts. It's just basically your weapon isn't that good. <laughs> right. Don't waste. <laughs> you have a you have a shitty ranged weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And I don't, who knows what your eyesight is like yeah. uh, with that shitty rearranged weapon. <laughs> it's scary to think that at this time, most battles are just going to be people stabbing each other with the end of their rifles. That's how they're won or lost. It's not the bullets. Wow. You have, it isn't. You have a one in eight chance your weapon doesn't even go off. Uh, men what? have Yeah. And men don't even have, and if it's damp, you're screwed. Uh, that's why <sighs> there's rainouts for war. You have yeah. <laughs> uh, limited weapons. People are handed powder and ball, just kind of passing along. But each rifle is different, and this bullet may not go for your rifle. So the, overnight, these guys are reshaping their own bullets to fit their guns that are for like squirrel hunting or protecting the right. farm. So right, right. This is just like a homemade war, but it shows the commitment of one side standing <laughs> against the greatest military power in the world. Yeah. As that power comes up the hill, um, 90% of them are cut down in the first firing. Uh, they retreat. And uh, what would you do if you were a commander in this situation? If uh, you just lost uh. about 90% of the guys you sent up the hill. Right, right. Like, essentially, you're talking about 1,800 out of 2,000 men. Is that what I'm... They sent them in waves. So out of 2,000, this first wave of about 400, uh, about... There's like 40 left. Yeah, that that aren't wounded or just dead. Right, right. That aren't just lying on that hill (laughs) or dead. Um, I'd assume that I would double down if I were the British. Is that what he did? Oh, yeah. Is that what they did? Oh, God. I would adjust my strategy, but that's what they did. They just decided, well, this didn't work, so let's do it again. Exact same route, exact same space, exact same amount of men, and... 90% 90% of them are cut down, <laughs> wounded. Oh my, so oh, my God. So now 800 cannot fight. Yes. Uh, right. Now now you have 1,200 guys. Some of them aren't even soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them are like the guys that haul shit or yeah. are the medics, I assume, or New recruits, whatever. people that have just arrived, you know, plenty of people yeah. who don't want to be in Boston. <laughs> and it's just... Uh, this last siege, the only way they take the hill is is kind of a reoccurring problem that's going to happen again and again. The, the militia runs out of ammo, so they are able to kill a lot of them on the third siege, but... Because hand-to-hand. Yeah. Like, essentially, you're like, you you have to get close enough to beat them to death. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Because they've run out of ammunition. And that's what's happening. You've got uh, Prescott saying fall back as they, you know, could have been cut off at this point. This would have been a good point to send your ship around to the the rear and, you know, cut them off from retreating and going to Cambridge. But uh, you didn't time the tides right. (laughs) So they couldn't cut, you know, you could have ended the war on... Bunker Hill, in my opinion. If you cut them off and you showed right. that brute force and you killed them all, I don't think mm-hmm. anyone would have fought back against the British Empire. Um, right. It, mi- it might have ended it there. But they huh. let them retreat. Dr. Joseph Warren stands with his men on the hill, uh, is struck down horribly. Uh, in a, a He gets not only shot in the heart, but bayoneted by three men. And is buried in like a huge mass grave. It's very uh, tragic. Um, yeah. Side note to that, though. Paul Revere uh, was an amateur dentist. I don't know if I mentioned that among many things. <laughs> and for, for some reason, uh, his doctor, uh, Dr. Joseph Warren, was like, why don't you just, you know, muddle around in my mouth? And uh, Paul Revere, for a short while, did, like, dental work of repairing. I think it was, like, wire teeth with copper to hold them in. He does Dr. Joseph Warren's tooth. Years go by before, you know, they can actually look at the hill and get, you know, proper burials. And Paul Revere's like, Mm -hmm. I can recognize my dental work. And (laughs) they identify Dr. Joseph Warren based off Paul Revere's weird dentistry. (laughs) 
Oh my god, who was the dentist in the Christmas? Anyway, um, <laughs> that's who I picture with your with the voice he just did. It's like Kirby. the guy in Rudolph Kirby. Yeah, Rudolph. Uh, <laughs> Paul Revere as Kirby is outstanding. Um, uh, so yes, they they lose half their men. So out of two thousand, one thousand British soldiers are wounded or killed. Uh, cannot continue in war. Uh, some have deserted, and right, some have just bailed. They're just like this is fucking nuts. These people are crazy. Uh, but they took the hill and killed oh. Doctor Joseph Warren and showed strength. So it's technically a win, right? They really don't understand the long game here, which is supplies. And, and, you know, time. It's going to take time. time for that message to get back to England, more troops to arrive with more force. They've secured north of Boston, but in order to get anything to Boston, you got to come south. And there's open islands, there's a lot of space, and nobody knows what's going on up here from you know, right as you could enter into Boston Harbor, what was the oldest lighthouse in the country. I think it's still there operating. Boston Light uh, is this lighthouse where it's like your supplies would have to pass this point. It's the one point to enter in. And okay. that becomes a on and off blown up thing. <laughs> Colonists try to blow it up. Uh, the British, as they're leaving, are saying, fuck you, and they blow it up. <laughs> um, it is, uh, and it's it survived a lot of that, but that island has a little bit of fighting on it. The soldiers are stuck in Boston. They've secured Bunker Hill. The rebels are in Cambridge, out near Havid, where the soon-to-be open mic at a Chinese food restaurant in Harvard Square would be. Right. That's going to be so great. I got a free T-shirt. Um, <laughs> it's Rick Jenkins, I believe. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what where, what he's at. Where's he at? I, What's he doing? I think he's he's laying low, <laughs> trying virtual <That's> shows. <laughs> Good for him. All right, never mind. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so now you've got uh, a bunch of troops who just got their ass kicked, who are now scared, mm-hmm. and you've got word of the greatest military power in the world just sent 2,000 men up a hill and only 1,000 are left. <laughs> I don't think that's a victory. Yeah. It shows that we could fight. The only reason we lost is because we didn't have the ammo. So Right, we didn't have enough ammo. Mm-hmm. And we, okay. we weren't organized. Um, All right. The Continental Congress in Philadelphia, uh, the Second Continental Congress, had met in May and so, right after Lexington and Concord, and they had decided, you know, let's put Washington involved in all this. So he arrives in Cambridge eventually, and it is a nightmare <laughs> during this siege time. This is uh, people from Pennsylvania that are snipers because they have threaded rifles. They're like, we're in charge. And Boston's like, no, I'm in charge. This is my town. And guys mm. from New Hampshire are like, I was at Bunker Hill. No, I'm in charge. Nobody's united. Nobody cares. Right. And they're, they're just arguing. Mm-hmm. It's a mess. Uh, Washington has his work cut out for him. He's already a failed general from the French and Indian War. Right. Well, hit and miss, hit and miss. But he is—he has the advantage of being very tall, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. He looks the part. He was, uh, yeah, he's got—he looks real good in any uniform. He's Harry Flashman personified. <laughs> Let's bring this guy. And I—I uh, <laughs> I think he sees potential, and he starts to drill in. You know, Harvard. He evacuates all the students out, and he's like, "Now nah, this is my place." Now, every day. As, as the spy networks start to get out every day, there's new weird information that's scary or bizarre. But just on top of that, at the what would be the Longfellow house, or Henry Wadsworth and Longfellow would live in, is the Washington headquarters, still a site you can visit. Almost every okay. day, they would fire a cannon at Washington's headquarters from across the <laughs> harbor. And it would never... Just to hope it. Yeah, just it would land, you know... 200 yards away, but it was a clear thing to show, well, we know where you are, sir, and we're ready. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're drilling in Cambridge. They're whipping into shape. It's not going well. Washington is concerned 
that there are too many. They need that that German guy who was gay. Yes, that's what uh, they need. Yeah, uh, is it uh, Baron von Steuben? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's gonna come, but he doesn't come in years later. Yes. Right. We're talking at least three or four years from now. So they're just sort of all just lining up and, and somebody's, and is George Washington himself trying to drill these guys? Yes. He lays out code. He lays out, if you retreat, I will shoot you. If, uh, (laughs) you know, you're going to stand in line, you're going to report to me. He dresses down people that think they're in charge. He's like, nah, I am. Um, he wants action. He wants approval from the continental Congress, but they're like, maybe we should think about this. So there's a lot of nothing happening. Uh, just little skirmishes, little things. And this is all through the summer. Through the summer. There's still a lot of inaction. They realize by the time the message from Boston gets to England and then can come back, will be probably next, probably next winter. So they can like okay. roll on it. So they have almost the summer to to plan and drill. As the winter comes in, like I said before, if, you know, it's damp or whatever, your weapon's screwed. So they kind of take a time out on, you know, any sort of siege or action, which is good for the oh. colonists. Um, right. Oh, that's, wait. So the, the British are like, we're just going to, mm-hmm. we're going to go make a cup of tea <laughs> and a little fire and try to dry all of our bits. Yeah. And you guys go take it, bring in the harvest, stock up, we'll re-siege again. Yeah. It's after the rainy season. Well, it's yeah, it's like Major League Baseball. You don't play it in the winter. And that's nuts. As they're waiting, the advantage goes to colonists. They are not on an island. They can get things like food. Yeah. And yeah, they 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 can use sneakery, go out into mm -hmm. the woods, or and, and and. And they can hunt, and they can harvest, yeah. and they can do all the... Th- and that's where they live, yes. so they know everybody. Weird. So morale in Boston for British soldiers is just crushed. They didn't want to be there anyways. They hated it. And this is where one of my favorite moments happens. Gentleman John Burgoyne, in January of 1776, he... January 1776, okay. He decides... I'm going to put on my play. And (laughs) the play, I believe, was called The Siege of Boston. There's no record of this play other than it's making fun of the colonists. There's a character named George Washington who's got a dumb head and a rusty sword. (laughs) And where are they going to put it on? Why not this symbolic place, Faneuil Hall? Faneuil Hall. this is where the Sons of Liberty launched the Tea Party from. Um, and this is where, you know, a lot of colonial significance was. And people in the town that are remaining, that are starving, that are eating rats, literally, are saying, maybe you shouldn't put this. Sh- this is kind of bad. It's not a nice thing to do. Maybe you shouldn't be a jerk. Wait, the, Brit- the British who are eating rats? Yes. Because because the col- colonials, they're all having, like, roast pig yeah. because they're being... The Fed. Okay, so there, his own men and his own garrison or of, of whatever his... Because w- these are all... So there are British soldiers who are essentially lodging in private homes all over Boston. Yeah, on Boston Because they've Common, taken over Boston. Taken homes, Boston kick people out of their homes. Okay. Um, it's not a good okay. situation. And they don't have... You know, the supplies just aren't there. And they decide yeah. they're going to put this dumb play on. And... <laughs> This is like, uh, because of the spy networks being so open and free, they know this play is going to start, like, curtains up at, I think, like, 9 p.m. <laughs> places. Places. <laughs> We've got five. Uh, Thank you, five. <laughs> Across where Bunker Hill was, they had removed troops from and put, like, a little outpost. And... Mm-hmm. Don't you want to go to a play? Doesn't everybody want to go to the play? They abandoned the outpost with two guys. They leave a skeleton crew at the outpost. So everyone's at this dumb play. Uh, At the moment of nine, the play starts, and the outpost is attacked and firebombed and not kept, just prisoners captured. And... 
it was it was a beautiful strategy. My favorite part is that Fanel Hall was on the water at the time. They could see that part of town from across, from backstage. One of the soldiers <laughs> comes to the front of the stage and says, the, the militia is attacking in Charlestown. And everyone in the audience is like, this is such an interesting play. They just sit there. <laughs> watch this guy right, because it's about the siege of boston so they think it's part of the play <laughs> they, oh my god they sit there and they're just looking at this guy they're like i thought this was a comedy and he's like i'm not he like tore his wig off and he's like this is not and they all like kind of it's like a three stooges moment they bash into each other and they get outside and it's <laughs> it's already gone and these are like the first like captured prisoners of war You've you've taken back that little thing that Bunker Hill was. So now you have the high ground mm-hmm. there. So all you really got to do is cut off the bottom part of the harbor. Um, we need big guns to do that, uh, not to reach anybody, but just to stop ships. Um, mm-hmm. We turn to, uh, of course, uh, overweight bookseller who would die of a chicken wound, uh, Henry Knox. <laughs> Chicken wound? What? Henry Knox died of a what? He, was he pecked to death? What happened? He ate a chicken bone and got an infection in his throat and then died. Wow. <laughs> and this is the guy that... Didn't he go to Ticonderoga and, and hump? Exactly. He <laughs> went to New York for Ticonderoga, secured by Ethan Allen the Green Mountain Boys, as well as Benedict Arnold and takes and drags these cannons back from there to, to free Boston. So Washington yeah. is going to get these cannons by Knox, who was the only one that said he could do it. Uh, and everybody's right. like, you're a bookseller. What the fuck do you know? He's a book nerd. He's read all the military books. He knows all He knows all about strategy. Mm-hmm. Strategy is what is how it was pronounced. <laughs> strategy. And, uh, and so him and like his cousin or somebody? Mm-hmm. What was it? I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They drag like 700 tons or something like that. They lose no cannons. They lose no cannons. And it was a mild winter that year from 75 into 76. So they had sleds and they were ready to like, oh, this will be easy. The snow will make us sled it. But no. So they're just dragging it through mud and dirt. But they get the cannons there. Washington's very impressed. Um, Yeah. Now we've got the tools. We've got a rough enough military. We don't have... It would be about 70, I think about 75 uh, uh, artillery pieces that we can place if we can get okay. underneath Boston to the, what would yeah. be the Dorchester Heights. Um, okay. In order to do that, we have to distract from the north. We're going to shell the city and from Leechmere, mm-hmm. from across mm-hmm. the river, from Charlestown. And that's going to provide distraction there. And they cover their wagons in hay. They have the cannons on the wagons. It's silent movement as they get up to the, the hill. And when the, the British soldiers wake up, I think it was of March 1776, um, they, I think Clinton was there at the time, says, the soldiers have done more in one night than my whole military has done in a year. <laughs> Because <laughs> they just they just they, they just they they dragged the stuff, and I'm I'm literally here's what's about to happen here. I'm sharing a screen, my friend. I'm sharing a screen. So where are where are we? What is happening? Who are these people? See on the bottom right, Dorchester Flats. That um. Oh wait, this this sort of thing over here? Yes. Dorch Is that an island? Just off Cattle Island in Dorchester Flats. They can set up their <laughs> weapons there. And all okay. the the Boston Harbor, all the British soldiers are uh right. I got Castle Island. I got um Is it this? Yeah. Dorchester Point. Okay. Yeah. 
So from there, they can shoot like that way? Is that what's happening? The ship would have... Rangers, would have to. tell me you're watching at minute 40 <laughs> on YouTube, because otherwise you're like, well, I don't know. Okay, it's go ahead. This route where your cursor is, right near where that compass is, yeah. that line is the only line into the harbor for with any ships. So if you control Dorchester flights, uh, flats, you can cut it off. You can shell the ship if it's close enough. You can launch a blockade. Um, huh. So nobody comes in from the north up here. It's, so nobody comes in through this It's impossible tiny. because of oh, the way oh, the wow. land is. The reefs, uh, uh, just the, the, it's the narrows, as they called it. They didn't understand okay. it then, but as I understood it when I was in the Park Service, it was like only a little within a certain 40-minute window of a day that you could really get through with a boat. <laughs> oh, okay. All so right. a little risky. So, right. They they learned uh, 100 years later. So, But now now we're in March of 1776. Yes. This is, this is nearing the end. Uh, we've got Dorchester Heights secured. Remember I said 75, 80 pieces of artillery? When they look yeah. over there, this is one of my favorite moments, and it just is like such a cool part of American history. They see like 150 cannons, and they see lots of men positioned and ready. Um, they didn't get more cannons. They made dummies and fake cannons. <laughs> oh, they just they just sort of wood. Yeah. They just took wood and, yeah. and posts and made things that look kind of like cannons. Yes, yeah, kind of like a three amigos situation. And yeah, yeah. They were full. They were like, how did they get so many cannons? <laughs> they didn't. They just did not. <laughs> they didn't. They have seventy five, but they don't have three hundred. Uh, um, they just wow. It, it's now like clear. We're surrounded. Our supplies we were waiting all year for after this brutal winter, where we're just slowly bleeding. People are deserting. Uh, they tried to wage biological warfare, p potentially. Who did? The British on the uh, American continental uh, soldiers. Um, With what? They, I mean, the whole, wasn't, wasn't little, people weren't washing their hands at all in 1775. <laughs> how, how, I mean, if you were alive, you would sort of beaten all the, what, what did they try to do? Smallpox, um, I believe smallpox could still take out quite a few people. And there were reports sure. from Washington, uh, to Washington from spies that said, that had like deserted the, the British military saying, Hey, just so you know, they're going to send people to try to join you that I have smallpox to try to wipe you out. And he's like, ah, these are in some letters that he writes back to the Continental Congress. And he's like, I don't know, maybe. He doesn't really give it much pause, <laughs> which uh, in the middle of a pandemic makes you think. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no kidding. You're just like, of course, I'm not going to wear a mask. Um, so what about. Uh, so. Um, wow. Okay. So, so what's happening in Philadelphia during this time? They are getting updates uh, within like two or three days of action. But they realized that Boston now could be that tipping point of the rest of the 13 colonies to show, you know, after a year of fighting, if we can liberate this town, if we can make this work with the army we literally just formed... Uh, everybody else is going to be on board. There's not going to be any loyalists anymore. Um, okay. Especially when tales of, you know, the, the, the harassment and devastation of the town of Boston, you know, when these soldiers are kicked out, you're going to see how crappy the town had, you know, been treated and looked and destroyed. Um, right. I mean, it was under cannon fire siege, but, you know, it's, it's, this could happen to you is going to start. Right. Being spread. It should unify. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, the Continental Congress uh, gets word that the the British soldiers, uh, they were going to go up a hill. They were going to try to take Dorchester Heights, but uh, thank God for snow in New England because it snowed in March of that year. Yeah. And they were like, well, this is just fucked. We can't do it. It's just too costly. <laughs> um you know, our weapons wouldn't even work. It would be bayonet. And because it's a hill, the the Americans had taken rum barrels with chains and were ready to just throw them down the hill at them. Like, oh, wow. Just, you know, like Donkey Kong. Exactly. Like Donkey Kong. The <laughs> this is where Donkey Kong came from. 
<laughs> just going to throw barrels at you, mm-hmm. and then you have to dodge them. Okay. So they, they reach an agreement, and the British soldiers agree not to destroy the entire town of Boston. They are allowed to leave the harbor and go past you know, Boston's uh, light, so they have to evacuate the city. Um, mm-hmm. They, uh, they, it was just that simple. It's like, if you don't destroy That's the That's a tent, big loss. Yes. That's a big loss. You lost one of the biggest export import, you know, ports of the entire colonies. You lost uh, mm-hmm. the town that's been fighting you this whole time has won. That's a, yeah. that's a huge moral loss for your, your side yeah. and a big moral victory for us. You've also shown your weaknesses, which is money, supplies, and time. Uh, Mm -hmm. it it takes so much time for word to travel and so much time for it to come back. So, you know, the next game is going to be New York, but Boston lays out, you know, a a little bit of that potential that we could reach. Um, so they, they evacuate evacuation day is, uh, March 17th, 1776, which is also St. Patty's day. Um, that's how we get away with celebrating it. <laughs> is there, um, are there any Irish in Boston in 1776? Yeah. Um, there, yeah. the, the Catholic surge wouldn't come along till later, but there are plenty yeah. of mixture of Protestant Irish mm-hmm. that have, that have showed up. Fair enough. And, uh, you've got the ta- the first town free in the American Revolution. You have this military surrendering and it's mm-hmm. like holy shit. And you know, this is March. We're still not going to declare independence until July. Right. So we're still not all on we the all same. We all know page. that one. July, right, July 4th, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh it seems to be a big date. <laughs> so what happens in between? Now we're at 50 you have 10 minutes. Okay. You have 10 minutes to explain to me what happens in June and July. It's because I've seen, it's not that I haven't seen the musical 1776 <laughs> with the guy who was the voice from Kit the Car. <laughs> I have seen that. The guy who was the neighbor on Magnum PI. Mm-hmm. I am talking like Brody Stevens. <laughs> and, uh, and, but the, um, but the, I have seen that. I have seen Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, twice in the theater, listened to the album a thousand times. I read Gore Vidal's Burr. <laughs> so these are things. These, this is the info. Oh, and I've read uh, the history of uh, Lafayette mm. by Sarah Vall. And um, so what, what, happens, what happens next? As word spreads, this is almost like a pause on action because the British run with their tail between their legs. Boston has to comes back comes back you know re-inhabits the area of course you know the the agreement was don't destroy the town but just so happens that samuel adams house happened to be trashed and all the leaders homes john hancock's mansion trashed paul revere uh, wasn't known that well so uh, uh by them so his house is okay <laughs> so his, yeah his dental chair still still in effect he actually sent and, his uh, sons back there to maintain his house across enemy lines it's so stupid and so terrible but oh what a goof what a, what a what a weird dad with 16 kids um <laughs> 16 kids paul revere had 16 children his wife paul revere's yeah. wife had 16 children and was he killed by a chicken bone mm-hmm. how did paul revere die old age just lying <laughs> in state surrounded by his family yes, no doubt his, uh, uh, his a hero sarah and rachel eight kids apiece but uh yeah he uh he he died fine um wow he, but the town is is being rebuilt and this is where it's like a regrouping of we now need to make the statement that we are a nation of our own and it's going to take this amount of time for the continental congress to pull everybody through that you know um the the join or die thought is like we we have right. to hang together or we're not you know we can't hang separately well, we will hang separately exactly yes it's uh i have been uh i i actually own the musical 1776 i may watch it after this pro after uh this episode i've never seen it i should see it you've never seen it no. oh there's an amazing song 
uh, of Virginia to to Massachusetts uh, called uh, Rum or Slaves or something like that. <laughs> And it's uh, who stinketh most, and uh, it is a very let's see that's uh, let's see, deep deep boop boop. Okay, uh, seventeen seventy six musical uh, song list. There we go. These are the things that I wish to to Google you guys. Um, molasses to rum. Mm. And it's essentially, it's about who's, and, and one of the lines is who stinketh most mm. <laughs> because the Massachusetts is like, well, slavery has to be in the declaration of independence. And Virginia's like, who makes money after the slaves drop off? I think that's they're your shipping lines, aren't they? Yeah. You're the big giant jackasses. You don't have a, a not place in this, you know, your, your bills are paid by human slavery as well. Yeah. So uh, it's a great, but it, it actually is a very, it's, it's, it's essentially the music man of American history. <laughs> so know in your hearts that it isn't, it's no Hamilton, but it is indeed uh, parts of it are very good. <laughs> that the, the, one of the big things too, uh, I keep saying one of the big things, shoot me in the face. One of no, no. The, the, the missing <laughs> elements that, you know, we, we need to expand history. That's without a doubt to showed different sides of it. Washington was not comfortable with blacks in the military at that time. He wrote to the Continental Congress concerned, and he referred to these free men as slaves. And then he starts wow. training with them. Mm-hmm. And now you have the, for, it would be the most integrated military until the Civil War. Um, because it was, I think through this warfare that they started to maybe not see total equality because that's just too, I think. Right. They, they essentially, they were, they're like, oh, this is a, an able-bodied stock of meat who can hold a gun mm-hmm. and has a brain. Let's not bother with his sausage casing, which is a new bit that I'm working on. <laughs> that we're all just stocks of meat with a brain on top. Gary Peterson. <laughs> uh, by the way, I am talking with Gary Peterson. Everyone should know that it's Comedy Gary P on Instagram and Twitter. He has a new album out called Yellow Belt Confidence. And uh, he was the one who came up with the idea of my ally bit uh, about Godzilla. So there you go. Gary Peterson, oh. you guys find him. Listen to the album. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I just sure. tagged it. You, you're the genius behind it. Um, oh, I, I, I don't know about that. Let's uh, yeah. But okay. Mutual admiration society. So uh, they were, were, so what, so to so Washington is allowing these, uh, an, an, an integrated army yes. to some extent. Integrated military uh, he, and pulling in anyone he can. He realizes desertion is going to be the big problem of holding people there because yeah, you have no money. This is a war of faith that like, yeah, you can't pay anybody. Yeah. Like you've gotten gig pitches like this where it's like, Hey Jackie, you know, uh, we got this gig. We don't know when it's going to end. It's going to go on forever and uh, we're making our own money off it, but we'll let you know when we can pay. you. <laughs> it's like, you'd be a crazy person to take that. But many of those fighting are like, it could be my farm destroyed, could be my family cut down and killed. The British soldiers were infamous around the world for being just bastards. Nova Scotia around. When they occupied territory, they were burning people's homes. And, you know, maybe it wasn't all true, but that reputation made people scared enough to say, you know what, I'll fight. I'll wait for pay on the chance that I don't have to live in this fear for the rest of my life. I have no choice. And some of these people, it's kind of like ice fishing where they're like, well, I don't want to go home. I can hang out with a bunch of dudes and I don't know, we're going to eat hardtack with weevils in it. But other than that, there might be a free beer. And uh, Definitely Ethan Allen and the Green Mountain Boys. They're definitely of that. <laughs> that vibe. Mm-hmm. I, I, Great. I think the, the symbolism of this year uh, not only draws the, what would become the nation into a focus – but it shows the enemy of my enemy as an ally, shows the French as, you know, we don't even have to fight a war with these guys we've been fighting with forever. We can bleed them 
even more because they're in financial ruin from the French and Indian War and the colonists never right. paying back that money. So why don't we contribute to this? And uh, uh, they just start sending, you know, commanders like Lafayette. They start sending Baron von Steuben and, and people that actually had brilliant strategy, uh, method, mad, uh, method behind the madness. They looked at Boston Harbor, which was stupidly left vulnerable <laughs> from the evacuation. They came to Boston, and then they just did not fortify hills around the city. They just thought, well, they'll never right. be back. <laughs> oh, my God. So when the, they, yeah, they left. Why would we have to make sure they stay out? Yeah, Lafayette uh, wow. went around, and George's Island is one of the first that he's like, you have to dig in here and there, and if any ship comes any which way, now you don't have to send anyone out. You can just lean back and fire shells at them all day long. And they're like, okay. Right. Um. <laughs> right. He's 19. Let's listen to him. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it's uh, This is the year that I think the rest of the union joins the, mil joins the, the cause. Um, okay. The next game is going to be a more strategic point because New York is the center of the trade of the Americas. Um, it's got more significance. It's got more loyalists. Um this is where I, I we don't have time to get it in New York. It's just too much. But right, it is. But there, yeah. You're so. Go ahead. You're gonna see uh, an inexperienced military show its colors in New York. Right, 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 uh, right. Because they're because the British have, have double. They're they're sending real troops now. Mm -hmm. They're sending real numbers. Yes, real boatloads of humans soldiers ships full of soldiers are coming yes and um and the and the americans are just going well okay let's all be americans we're gonna we're gonna do this mm -hmm. this is happening and and washington is trying to drill troops but he doesn't really have um do, when does when does does the aid come before july or does it when do when do the british show up in new york uh, they evacuate Boston, um, and I think they some ships go to New York and some go back to England to let the news happen, um, you know, and figure out, re-strategize. And some commanders yeah. are now going to be shuffled around and new ones added. Cornwallis is going to be entering the picture, who is, you know, a genius. And uh, it's not going to be easy from here on. It's not going to be too many of those underestimating my enemy mistakes, which led to all this fucking up. <laughs> uh, right, right. If, right, he's he's not going to make the same mistakes of the pre of Gage and uh, Gentleman John. Mm -hmm. What ha whatever happened to Gentleman John? Well, his play didn't go so well, and uh, he continued <laughs> to fight. The critics just murdered him. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Jackie Case, you just you just <laughs> broke the backboard. <laughs> that was great. Uh, I, I think he dies during the war. One of those like nightmarish. Can we look this up for a second? Because I sure, I forget. yeah, yeah, we got it. We right, right. So, so they come. So when when all the troops come back to um to to New York, that's when the war. That's when I think Boston really realizes who they're fighting. Mm -hmm. You know, like they're like, okay, now we have to figure out how to actually fight a war. And because we don't have, they, they send something like 100,000 troops, right? Oh, yeah. Or how, how many? Yeah. They're, they're, and we only have 20 guys, right? We still have, <laughs> we still have like. Four, we get about 14,000. Um, okay. But they're going to start sending waves and waves and waves. And the might of the empire in numbers and naval strength is uh, going to show. Um, we have home field advantage, but right? we're going to screw that he up. He dies. Yeah, we. Uh, John Burgoyne, by the way, dies in his bed in at the age of 70 Look at in that. 1792, four years after the war. Oh, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. I, so, which means that in '76, how old was he in '76? Uh, See, so he's in his fifties. Fifties, yeah. 
Yeah, so he's in his 50s during the war. Should be his prime time to be, I don't know, writing the great American novel, obviously. Yeah. Trying to write the, write the great plays. Um, yeah. But this is, this is a time when, like, military, British military is bought commissions, right? I mean, these are, you can, you can get promotions if you have cash to give the, the, the crown. Which is a great system. <laughs> An enormously good system. Everyone should definitely follow that rich guy because his dad has money. You should totally listen to that guy because his dad had some money to buy him a real nice horse. Yeah. You know the guy who failed in Ireland and the French and Indian War? Let's give him another job. <laughs> another you. job with a lot of men to are to just send to their death. Mm. And wow, that is brutal. So what will, when you come back, Gary Peterson, (laughs) because it has been an hour, uh, what will be, what we will, we will, what we will, we will discuss the declaration of independence. Mm -hmm. Um, We will talk New York and the, uh, the sly Fox Washington strategy that will develop to win the war, which is uh, a retreat. Bleed them dry. Retreat. <laughs> uh, we don't need to hold any position. We just need to keep them eating and eating up their supplies, moving about, being confused, and yep. we'll win this war. And uh, we'll wait them out. Yeah. Uh, this is an interesting uh, strategy. I think that uh, revolutions have used it uh, since since then, I think. Oh, yes. Um, even against the United States of America, Ooh. I should imagine <laughs> Probably Vietnam. Vietnam comes to mind. Afghanistan and the and the Russians mm-hmm. and Afghanistan and the British and Afghanistan and the Americans. Afghanistan comes to mind <laughs> is what I'm telling you. Is uh, we're still there. <laughs> we're still there, you guys. All right. This has been, as per usual, a delight. Got to have you back a little bit quicker. I say, uh, I mean, we're going to be in quarantine for some time. So Gary Peterson, you guys, uh, get comedy, Gary P at Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, yellow belt confidence. Yes. Now, everywhere you listen to a comedy album, feel free to listen to Gary Peterson's comedy album. It's called yellow belt confidence. And thank you so much for doing the show and Rangers. You know, the rules out there take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?